What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Vaughn. I'm joined by my co-host, Joshua Shrinko. Say hello, Josh. I've, I've officially relinquished my uh, intro duties because you clearly are better at that than me. So that's <laughs> sultry, deep voice, dude. Just, I, it's not, it's not, it's not even comparable to me. So. Um, yeah, they I'm call me ba- they call me baby buffer. That's what they call me. <laughs> <laughs> there's Bruce, there's the other buffer, uh, and they call me baby buffer. I like that. I've I've held this duty for like four years now, so I'm I'm relieved dude. of my relieved of my my duty, dude. I'm 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 relinquishing it to you. I thought you were gonna come over here, dude. I thought I thought we were gonna do an in person pod just like days of old, but we. I don't know. You're such a busy professional man. That Not I really, even... dude. I I literally got honestly. Sw- I'm about sick of you canceling plans on me. If we're being real. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna talk about that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> no, we uh we moving offices at at Chigan and um I you know you know it's like one of those like things the cable companies they do the whole like hold you hostage thing. They give you a three hour oh, window. S- Seinfeld yeah. did a whole episode about I it. I know. I know. I got there at two o'clock. I didn't leave until seven fifteen, that tells you anything. So mm. um it was quite the day, quite the quite the productive day for me at an office with no air conditioning and no internet. It was so productive, sounds, dude. Sounds like a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it is. I, I also wanted to straight off the top apologize to our listeners for the last episode. Uh, we went back and listened to it, and the audio, especially my audio, was utter dog shit. So my apologies. Uh, hopefully this one will be a little bit better. We got our audio situation a little more uh, squared away. What was that that you just held up? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it's a, what is that? It's a, it's a it's a big mouth bottle opener, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Watch this. Oh, no. This, dude. This thing sucks, yeah, by the way. Yeah. It's a large mouth, so that's probably why it sucks. Dude, why is it? I'm gonna break this bottle. Try it the other way. You're peeling your I was trying, you can't do it. The 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 lower jaw's in the way. I know that's why. Wow, this is doing. some good this is some good quality radio here, folks. <laughs> Josh <laughs> just to... trying to open a beer and looks <laughs> severely disabled while doing yeah. so. Dude. <laughs> there it goes. He looks as, there it is. Hey, listen. Psst, there oh, it oh, damn. Hey, Jamie. Jamie, can you cut in uh, just the noise of a beer bottle opening right there? I'm drinking a high noon like a real man. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what my wife likes of those things, dude. We got well, a me... bunch of them in the house. Okay. <laughs> I got a Oberon. Bells. Oberon's probably my favorite summer oh, beer so. what the hell yeah. nobody's sending us beer anymore does no i bet i don't think anybody listens to the show anymore Dude, listen listen i know listen we stopped doing the beer reviews because people stopped sending us beer if you're out there i don't care if you sent us beer before send us some beer send us some illegal 
alcohol in the mail, and we will drink it, and we will, we will drink it. it. <laughs> we will always we will, drink it. <laughs> we will drink it. Uh, no, we actually have some. We actually have some good stuff. Believe it or not, if we can ever get together, we we do have some good stuff planned for the podcast. I think it's going to be really fun. Oh so, yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to this funny. next season. Yeah, for oh, sure. It's going to be gonna, hilarious. We're going to introduce some video concepts into it. Um, maybe even do some live stuff. I'm not sure what we're going to do. That I think that would be for what we're talking about. Maybe doing that live would actually be really fun. We would have to use like that uh, streamer platform, but. Um, so tell me about you, uh, tell me about the new office. So upgraded digs. I mean, I'm sure it's a Zuckerberg vibe over there. Do you guys have do you guys have nap nap pods, jack pods? What kind of stuff you got over there? <laughs> yeah, we have uh, we have a vegan uh, buffet for every Ooh. morning for breakfast. <laughs> no, it's a we we outgrew the space we were in. My lease was up, and I found a super cool spot, and it's gonna give us some opportunities to do some other projects that we've been wanting to do. I'm really excited about it. Um, so stay tuned. Achigan HQ officially has moved and upgraded. So, so yeah. Wow. I, I like the sound of that, dude. I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm looking forward to walking, walking through the new space. I'm assuming there's lots of exposed beams. Some yeah, exposed brick. It's, I'm expecting like a, like a Google, like an alphabet incorporated vibe in there. Like Basically. there's scooters. <laughs> like you have to park on a separate lot to get uh, yeah. over to it. You take the scooters to the office because it's yeah. the camp. We call it the cheating campus, actually, is what we're calling it. I actually office. saw an article about your new headquarters in Business Weekly. <laughs> <Did you? but. laughs> it's innovative. Yeah. Yeah, Eco-friendly. It <laughs> it's actually got a river. It's just a circular smallmouth river that <laughs> just oh runs God, through the headquarters. <laughs> it only has 20s in it. <laughs> if, I 20s. promise you this. If Josh's company becomes a Fortune 500 uh, outdoors clothing and merchandise empire, he will and make the world's the world's first artificial smallmouth river. So, just dude, be prepared I, for that. I'm loving this idea, dude. I'm totally <laughs> going to do this. My life's goal is to make an artificial smallmouth river in my office. You're just just like, right in front like, of my desk. <laughs> just drop a fluke right in front of my desk. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. the beginning of Iron Man when they like tour the, the headquarters of Stark Industries. And there's just a bunch oh, of fat, yeah. fat dudes and waiters just walking around <laughs> campus. <laughs> A bunch of dudes with with tethers and sunglasses <laughs> around their necks and none on their eyes. I love it, dude. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be good. good. Uh, so well, I'm excited so, uh, for that, that's pretty. I mean, that's a big deal. Moving. Uh, I mean, you know, your old your old office was definitely a little a little packed in there for sure. The war room wasn't yeah. quite wasn't quite big enough for you know you creative types i'm assuming dustin and andrew probably have like buckets of paint hanging from the ceiling yeah and probably Basically. shirtless and they're experimenting Art with color <laughs> growing mustaches um yeah. yeah dude um yeah i'm excited about it so uh enough about the work stuff um we've well, it's been that's probably yeah. what is yeah true uh, i guess it's probably it's, it's work, but it's, you know, it's tangentially yeah. related to what yeah. we are talking, you know. It is, podcast, for sure. So. For sure. More to come on that. 
Um, but uh, so it's been probably a month since we've recorded, which is you know kind of become the norm recently. But we've had yeah. had a decent amount of stuff happen. We had um, where have you been? Where where have you been uh, since our last podcast? As far as like trips go. Well, I mean, locally I've been out a couple times, but the only, I think the only trip that I've been on since the last episode was I went on a um, bachelor party to the upper Wisconsin last weekend. So, yep. Yeah, which was, that. which was really cool. It was great. I haven't been up there in a few years, so it was really, really nice to be back. I mean, you know, the whole thing, it's just that river. So, so special, man. It's like. It sounds like uh, sounds like you had a little mixed bag on some different stretches. What what, what do you think caused that? Yeah, so we so did tell us, tell us a little bit about like that trip. What 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 went down? So the not, the, not in the room without clothes on on the river. Oh sure, okay. So not not about the actual okay. Um, so no, we did we did the first stretch, which is um, like the the stretch that we kind of initially kind of did when we went up to the upper Wisconsin the first time. And I was with uh, Nick Marchuk and uh, Michael Solenberger, both good dudes, good friends of mine. Um, you know, they don't really fish very much, but you know, they're, they both know how to fish. So, you know, it wasn't like frustrating by any means or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we went up and did the, it's a stretch um, in the upper section of free flowing section of water and, the first day, like the first morning was okay. I mean, I think we probably had like 15 to 20 fish in the boat. Uh, I caught a 19 and a half, which ended up being the biggest of the trip. Um, and you know, it was okay that we took a long lunch break. And then the second half of the stretch was just like phenomenal, dude. I mean, it was like, like we only covered, I think in like the six hours or so, um, that we were out there, I think we covered maybe, uh, a mile and a half after lunch until we had to paddle it out because we were just, we would, it was like every riffle. The the fish were essentially nose in to like the fastest water you could find. They were just like right tucked up in. Like if you could, if you would see like, like a little bit of a current break in the middle of a riffle, you could pop your bait in into that little current break and you would catch five or six fish. I mean, it was like um, every riffle, I think one, you know, there were probably five riffles that we fished after lunch. And I think we caught, I, I know I caught at least 80 after lunch. Just me. Cause we would weigh body, body numbers, dude. <laughs> yeah. It was outrageous, dude. And I mean, the other two guys were like, like multiple triples. I mean, like it was like, you know, probably 10 triples where we all three had fish, you know, in hand at a given time. So yeah, man, it was, it was pretty incredible. Um, and they were all just like, I mean, it, they weren't picky. It was just like really whatever you wanted to catch them on. I mean, they were, they, the other two guys were, uh, casting crankbaits. So, and I was, I was, but that was with, fun for them though. Those guys, yeah. neither one of those guys have had action like that before. N- no, they were blown. They were absolutely blown away. And then the other thing is like, Michael caught a really nice one. It was like probably, it was like 19 and a quarter, 19, 19 and a quarter. Mm. So, I mean, and it was maybe, like right maybe nineteen and three quarters. You just didn't measure it well enough. <laughs> it could have been. I don't know, but it was. Uh, 
It was very fun. It was Nineteen man. It and three eighths. You know, it was close. <laughs> it was close. Um, yeah, it was fun, man. It was really fun. And then the second day, you know, we got back to the house. You know, drank some beers, all that kind of stuff. You know, normal bachelor party stuff. I had some steaks. You know, uh, it was eating it was red really meat good... and drinking beer. Yeah, man. Dude. <laughs> had some red. Had some red meat. Some uh, from uh, cooked cabbage. You know, the place was a fart factory, but we had a good time. Uh, and then the next day we ended up going a little bit lower on the river to another free flowing section. We ended up doing the section, um, below Godfather Dam, which is a really cool area. Um, but it's <laughs> lots of history last... on that stretch. Lots of history. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I told, I like saw the spot where I flipped my kayak last time I was up there and I, I lost about $2,000 worth of gear. So yeah, I saw it. I like, and dude, I will say this, like I could see how it happened because they're up there. The, the water is so tan and like, you can't even see the rocks when they're sticking out of the water. You know, if there's like a little bit of a glare, it's, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, no flips, no, no gear loss really other than, you know, lures and stuff. But the second day it was, it was very low. The river was very low. And there must have been like the crawfish molt must have been happening because I mean, there were hundreds of thousands of crawfish in the river. Like, I mean, you would, you'd like get hung up on the bank and paddle up to the bank to like get your bait back. And there would just be about a hundred crawfish shooting off everywhere, like right by the bank. Hmm. So, I mean, it was, and they were all like that kind of pale orange color, you know? So I'm assuming that's what was happening. So the second day, our numbers and size were both, comparatively pretty low um i think we probably caught 30 35 fish between the between the three of us on the second day yeah it's pretty bad compared to the the first day yeah oh and and i mean it was you know we were pretty far apart you know the two days we were pretty far (laughs) apart where we fished so i don't know if the the molt was just happening you know, up in a specific way, like down on that river. I I don't know. I I really don't know how to explain it. I mean, I fished with a crawfish quite a bit, but dude, I mean, it was like to the point where there were so many crawfish in the river that I felt like fishing a crawfish was stupid. I felt like dude, that's, that's exactly how I felt when we fished the rum river up in Minnesota. And I don't know, you know, I'm trying to compare because neither one of us were on the other river, but I was like out of my kayak and like walking and like there were so many crawfish that it was making the imprint of my feet. So like there would be like crawfish around where my foot was and in between my two feet and then around where the other foot was. Oh, wow. I mean, just like everywhere. And there wasn't crawfish in like spots where there were rocks. There were crawfish. I was walking. I got out and walked in like this dirt hole like there was not a rock to be found literally you couldn't see the dirt because there's crawfish and i i remember that day being really tough and i was like it kind of got in your head a little bit i'm like is that that because they're that there's that many crawfish like i just i don't know i'm sure you know guys want to comment on our post we make for this episode once you listen to it like let us know what your thoughts are as far as like there being an overabundance of some sort of forage that's like helpful, hurtful from your experience. What, what have you guys seen? 
I, I, we ended up catching quite a few on like a paddle tail. That's kind of what I ended up fishing with most of the time when I was up there. Yeah. I just was fishing with a paddle tail. And I mean, it, it was okay. It definitely wasn't, it was weird. Like in the second half of that stretch, I, I know you've done it before is very like, it's, it's a lake. It's a flow. It ends in um, a lake. That's the other thing I was wondering if some of those fish went like into the lake in the summertime or something. Well, if they did, I sure shit didn't find any of them. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, the lake was a lot longer than I remember. So we ended up calling for a cab about, cause there it's one nice thing about when you go up there is there are cab companies. So you can find right. a ride. You don't have to worry about shuttling. There are also um, takeouts and put-ins like every two miles <laughs> everywhere you go up there. Yeah. So, um, but we ended up, you know, not, we called for the cab and we were about, we ended up being about a mile left, you know, until the takeout. So I ended up having to paddle out. So yeah, man, it was, uh, it was cool. It was great being up there. I love that river. Um, yeah, it's, it's a special place. I mean, you know, all of those, really all of those Northern rivers are just very special. You know, the, the Menominee, the, all the ones that I've done, you know, even the St. Croix, which wasn't phenomenal fishing by any means, but you know, they're all like just go, very, I would you know, like to go back to the St. Croix, kind of like a summertime deal. Right. I don't know if I ever will just because, <clears throat> you know, somewhere we haven't been this year. I was actually thinking, dude, I don't want to get too much off topic, but you and I just have not fished together this year, like at all. Like I don't, I literally don't think that we have. At I all. think we have. It's just been very. It was like the spring, like even during the the Minnesota trip, like we didn't, we didn't, mm-hmm. I don't, we didn't even fish in the same stretch. We, I guess, the day Let's, with the jet boats. We we fished together once on the Susquehanna. We did fish in the Susquehanna um, together. And, we, and I threw a bitch pit. <laughs> <I threw> a <laughs> bit. <laughs> maybe that's why I haven't fished with you. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe. No, I, I, have, I have canceled on you last minute a couple times in a row. So We've had, we had a fault. couple times, but yeah, yeah it, it happens. I One time I went with my dad, and we ended up having a pretty good trip. Um, got on a new, been proving out this new technique this year. And yeah. I haven't really talked to you about it, but um, in talks with Z-Man on some stuff with that, by the way. So, yeah. Uh-oh. I, it's It's growing its own legs, dude. It's kind of weird. But um, had I... I actually tied it, up a couple of prototypes I'll send you a copy, a picture of. I, I know. I need to I need to get with you because I've I'm doing it very, like... Like, I'm catching fish on it. Like, I caught, like, 10 fish on it the other night. So, I know it works. I caught a, you know, whatever, 20-pound grass carp on it. Um, mm-hmm. I can throw it well and everything. It just needs a little bit more. It needs a little tweak here and there. But um, bringing the fly world and the conventional world together, it's uh, pretty pretty cool. Um, but, I like uh, it. Yeah, I tied, I tied a couple of little couple little prototypes for you, so uh, you can mm, take a look I'm at excited. them. I'm uh, excited. Yeah. What, any other local trips that were um, relevant since the last <laughs> Well, time? I mean, I've had a couple, but, you know, nothing like that I'm going to like toot my horn about. You know what I mean? I caught, 
you know, we had a good trip on Flat Rock. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me about that a week and a half ago, which was because that was very- the that was the morning. That was one of the one times you canceled on me, um, and then you ended yep. up going out in lieu of going with me. Um, with my brother, yeah, yeah. And serves you right. I caught two twenties that morning, which I'm going to talk about. Um, Yeah. Tell us about it, dude. Only fish till I am rambling on about my crap. You give us the beat. (laughs) I caught, uh, I only went out from, you know, sunrise until noon, went with Nick Necrelli. I was calling around, but let me tell you something. You know, I always fancy myself as like, you know, can find, I have a long list of people that, will fish with me, right? So I'm mm-hmm. like, if I don't want to go by myself, I can always find someone. And I do like going by myself, but that particular morning, I was like, I, I don't want to fish by myself. Like, I want to go with someone. And Chris held me hostage till about 10 o'clock at night until he finally was like, uh, sorry, dude, uh, I'm going with my brother. So then I'm like, no, you, te- oh. okay. Oh, let me correct the record <laughs> slightly. You texted me at like five o'clock. And we're yeah, like, hey, do you want to fish? Do you want to fish tomorrow? And I said, I had already asked my brother if he wanted to go. So you I led was like, me to believe that it was a distinct possibility that you were I going did. to be going. Oh no, I, then, it was because I said, let me let wait one. Let me wait one because I was waiting for my brother to like tell me if he could go or not. And <laughs> and he told me, and he texted me back about nine o'clock and said, I'm good for tomorrow. So then I had to. I had to let hey, you know. it's a bro- it's your brother. I get it. It's blood. Um, but anyways, I was like, it was like probably nine thirty or so, and I was at a family function, and it, I was like, shit, I don't have anybody to go with. So I start just texting. I was like blowing people up, dude. Like I was like, it's nine forty five. I'm like, I'm mass texting people, and I'm just like, first come, first serve. Whoever wants, whoever responds first can go and. Nick Necrelli, man, just like immediately was like, I'm in. And he said something other than that. Really clever, like Necrelli would say, but he's like, whatever, I'm I'm fucking in. <laughs> um, so he's you never just been imagine a- he's, he throws his empty beer can down and just like smashes yes. it on the ground. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm fucking in. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he would do. Um so he met me at the ramp in the morning, never ran the jet before. He, he's been in a jet boat, but I the river was really low, and I've been on that section quite a bit in my jet, and I was kind of like, I'm going to put on a little show for you, bud. Just sit <laughs> sit tight. And, dude, we were – that that uh, section is really fun when you know it because you can, like, jump logs and all kinds of stuff. Like, I was doing all kinds of fun stuff. And it's really technical driving because you got to cross the river, a bunch of spots, oh, and all yeah. that. Um, but yeah, anyways, we got up, and honestly, we're having kind of a slower morning. And it was a little, I stopped at a couple spots where I was like, hey, there's probably some fish here. And, you know, I was like, whatever. And just kind of like not catching very many fish for the first probably hour and a half, two hours. And then <clears throat> I got up to this one spot, pretty far upstream. And, I was being really careful of not blowing spots up. I was like parking way underneath where I wanted to fish and kind of sneaking up with the trolling motor. And I threw my fluke up there first cast, very first cast on that spot and just got absolutely smoked and ran me behind the boat and stuff. And the curly netted it. 
got 120, and then then we proceeded to catch. It was from then on, dude. It was like, oh, this is what they're doing, and we were mm-hmm. just slaughtering them. Um, and then got up just a little bit above that spot, dude. And I threw, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things you get up to a spot and you kind of beat the spot you got up there to fish. You're like, oh, I'm going to fish this side. And then you're like spot locks. So you're like, well, I might as well just fish this other side because, you know, I've already yeah. fished the side that I wanted to fish. So I was throwing a rat because nice. I was trying to get my rat fish and I threw across the river in the middle of the river dude middle of the river i'm talking like dead center of the river and cranking that rat and dude that 20 just crushed it and so i got two 20s that morning ended up going back and then um yeah so then i called you and gloated for a very long time um I i'm think glad i, I didn't go Facetime you, you on the river. <laughs> you probably would have caught both of those twenties right in front of me, and I'd have been more upset if I would have just not gone. Yeah, so. Nicrelli was definitely getting one of those a little bit of like anxious. Uh, I'm happy for you, but I'd really like to catch one. <laughs> and the, the classic Derek on. Burton, the the classic Derek Bur- Derek Burton quote: "I'm so happy for you." <laughs> just go, <laughs> grit, through gritted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was he was definitely so doing happy for you he was doing one of those but uh he caught some fish um we didn't really yeah. catch i think i lost a couple other decent ones um but nothing crazy i think uh, i did have i did ended up catching some more on the that was the thing we kind of we had both had to go back home dude they just were on that rat it was wild like i i couldn't yeah. get him off of it like every other cast it was like I stopped at two spots on the way back and they wouldn't eat what Nick was throwing dude, but they were crushing that rat like hard. Mm. Well, um, they're south, yeah. they're south side fish. So that doesn't surprise me. They probably, I know I was like, they probably see a lot of rodents around here. <laughs> they a lot probably of rat population. About 50% of their diet is probably rat. So that yeah, makes probably. Um, yeah. And then, That's uh, exciting. the only, yeah, the only other thing I fished the IKA tournament, did a lot of pre-fishing for that and then um, went and actually fished the tournament. And I'll do an episode. I meant to do a kind of a recap because um, I did officially win Angler of the Year for that series. So Nice. Um, wrapped it up. So I'll kind of do a season-long... Uh, not the IKI, I guess the GRBY. Uh, so I fished two tournaments since then. Or no, I think I... I think I'd gotten... Um, I, yeah, I recorded the last one. So I fished the IKA tournament, ended up getting third place. But, you know, like I said in the Instagram post, at least it's not second. So people can't make fun of me. Um, Let's see your but, trophy, dude. Um, Let's see that trophy. Hold it up. I'm going to put this as a screen capture and we can make that the, uh, the post picture. It's actually a pretty cool yeah. trophy. Give me, give me a little... Give me a little smile, buddy. All right. Got it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, which ironically I've gotten, you know, anywhere from fourth to first or fourth to second, like 10 times. And this is the first year they did trophy. So at least I got a trophy. But um, but yeah, so I that tournament I had, there was a huge storm that rolled in. I was at my spot 
<clears throat> and uh, literally fished through a storm that blew over two full-grown trees because I was like, I'm not, I'm not stopping fishing. It was it li- the storm came through like at lines lines in was six forty-five. Like, dude, you couldn't have teed it up any better. And it was like this dark purple cell that moved through right where we were at, you know, 645 on the dot, lightning everywhere. And I'm, it blew so hard and I I do have an inflatable. So, but I, I had pulled my entire kayak up on this gravel bar. It blew so hard. It blew my entire kayak off of the gravel bar into the water. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> so that tells you thing. And I was measuring a fish, and I I just thrown it back, and the gust of wind came, and dude just blew blew my paddle off. Paddle goes like ten yards downstream. I had to go chase it down and get it. Um, Good. So it was, and I think that's the gust that blew over those two trees. <clears throat> but uh, I had three out of nineteen and a half, and two seventeens in the first ten minutes of that tournament, and like I was like. Here we go. I'm, right. This is the year. I'm. I'm. I'm winning this you're, thing. You've and finally then, done it, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And dude, let me tell you, after that storm blew through, and I, everybody else in the tournament echoed this exact same sentiment. It was like, as soon as the storm blew through, it was like those fish were done. Like they mm-hmm. were absolutely done. They were not eating. I I had went downstream, like probably three miles or so and i called you and i was like should i like should i like load up and go somewhere else and if i had to do it all over again obviously hindsight's 2020 i would have done that but i ended up like basically catching a bunch of like 12 inch fish got down to the end and there was one last riffle with like probably an hour left and i caught a 14 and a half in a on a spinnerbait in the middle of this riffle. And that's what got me third. So it was, uh, it was pretty rough, man. I actually, at one point I thought I was going to turn in a 13 and a half inch large mouth. And I like mm. halfway contemplated, like it's not worth it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Cause I had like an 11 and a half inch small mouth and a 13 and a half inch large mouth. I was like, I think I'm going to submit the 11 and a half inch small mouth. Like, I, I don't know if I could bring myself to do that. <laughs> now, if so it was like an 18 inch. Year. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So you got uh, angler of the year in the GRBY river series. Is that right? The white river series. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. It's, it's actually just the white, the white river series. Okay. Yeah, is that your second a, time winning that? Did you win that last year too? No, I won the Sugar Creek AOY when it was on that, and then I won. Mm. This is on. I haven't won the White River one the last two years. Like I've fished it and I haven't won it. So, um, so yeah, that was one of my goals at the beginning of the year, and I I won two of those, got second and won. So felt pretty good. Finished out, you know, didn't didn't win the IK, but felt pretty good about it. Um, yeah, overall, pretty good season. I mean, my tournament season's over. Besides, I have one big one on the Susquehanna in October. So that's the only other tournament I'm fishing, um, which that one, you know, you can't really... I don't I don't have super high expectations. I'm just going to go fish, and whatever happens, happens. Um, right. But I, but I am headed to Susquehanna in two days, though. So Yeah, I'm excited you know. for you. That's going to be awesome. Are you guys doing three days of fishing? 
Yeah, I think my dad thinks we're doing four, but I don't. We may fish Sunday and just leave Sunday night. I don't. I don't know. We're taking the jet boat and kayaks, so um, I'll do a little bit of little bit of kayaking, a little bit of probably jet boating in the evening, sort of thing. Um, you know, kayak during the day, and then I think Randy uh, Long is gonna host us one day and probably put my dad with him. <laughs> Him and my dad will get along really well because they both like to talk a lot. (laughs) Heck yeah. And uh, me and Danny fish out of the jet, so we'll do a two-jet deal. Um, Randy's been guiding. Have you been seeing that? I haven't seen that that? that he's been guiding. No. Yeah. I haven't seen that. He joined Joe Joe Raymond. He's guiding for Joe Raymond. Good for him. uh, Dude, he he would definitely be good at it. I mean, the guy is a monster, so... Um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's been helping you kind of get dialed in for, that's kind of nice. I mean, somebody like him, like, yeah, like yeah. pre-fishing for you. That's incredible. So, yeah, I mean, Andy's guiding, so he's like out on the river. <laughs> Not that he wouldn't be out on the river every day regardless, yeah, but <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder how he likes that. Like, uh, I mean, the thing about guiding that's appealing is obviously being out and, you know, being out on the water and stuff, but it would be hard to sit there all day long and not fish like watching your clients fish. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, if you fish as much as that guy does, you probably get tired of it after a while, but you know, I, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting. I, you know, I don't think, I think it's probably for some people and not for others. Um, yeah, but probably right. You know, it is what it is. I, I mean, you and I've, like fish like if we're lucky once a week you know and like we're itching to get out at once a week like if you were guiding if you're fishing like five six times a week dude that would like that would wear on you like you probably wouldn't want to fish that much probably want to do more of like a passive type of guiding but yeah i don't know man um i'm excited to go on the susky trip for sure i'm uh staying near what's in this little town called isle of q it's like a little peninsula, um, and it's like a little neighborhood on the water. So, um, found a nice. house there. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. And then uh, we'll kind of see. And then I'm going back in October, so this will be maybe a little bit of a pre-fishing type event. You know, it's a month early, but I could probably gain a little bit of knowledge from going there. You know, a Always. month before. I mean, I've only see seen that river on. like five six times you know so yeah, yeah. they're uh so the river's up right now especially for summertime and like the reports are um that they are smashing like spinnerbaits and chatterbaits so I nice think it should be be a good oh, that's gonna be so much fun and top water. So, so oh that's great yeah you're yeah of course your dad's never been there before right but Dad and Danny Dan- haven't been. No, neither one have. Oh, okay. I nope. thought Danny. Had That's been there one reason months. I wanted to go because you know <clears throat> we go on that father son trip every year, and I was like, yeah, I want to take him somewhere that different that they haven't been, and even like honestly, you haven't been there in the summertime. I no, I feel like you need to go in the summertime and experience the Grass Islands. That's the that's the yeah, thing I that's do. different. Yeah, we yeah, were there in a weird weird time of year. Well, also, like, we only spent a half a day on, you know, I mean, it was, it was very weird. Like, half the river was muddy, half the, half the river wasn't, you know, it was, it was very, 
weird conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Were they spawning? spawning? Oh, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. You're right. Yeah. Dude, I'll never forget that time you were like, left me. I was trying to catch this fish on a bed. And you like mm-hmm. left me on the bed and you're like, Hey, I'm gonna oh, get yeah. fish. I was like on this I was on this island and I'm like fishing for this fish. I never did catch it. Um and Chris is like, I called him from the island. I was like, Hey dude, come pick me up. I was like, I'm you know, I'm just sitting here and he's like, Okay. So like he's like, Hey, when I pass this island, I want you to record me. And I was like I was like, Okay. Okay, so so I like get my phone out and I'm like standing there. Chris is like not looking at me, you know, acting all like like he's in character. He's got yeah, his man. boat full full throttle and he's going. He goes hell yeah. Cur- he curves up right by this island and then like you know I videotape him or whatever. He comes back around, and picks me up, and he's like, "Hey, let me see that video." And oh, so I, disappointing. Like, get, get, he gets my phone and he like looks at it and he's like. What the fuck? He's like, it looks like I'm going like five miles an hour. He's like, I thought I was going to be like a blur. Like I was smoked past you. He was like, I had a full throttle. It's all ahead. Dude, I really, I was hoping Derek would put that into a reel where it was like what I, what I think I'm looking like in my boat. And it's just like some like race car, you know, and then what I actually look like is just me looking like slightly paunchy, just like puttering past you on the i was so i dude, thought you did it on purpose it looks to dude, speed that's it the, up that's the classic like it is the absolute classic like when you're doing something you like feel it and you're like oh man this is gonna be so badass Sick. and then you watch yeah. it after and it's like dude that sucked <laughs> that was not even close dude for real like you know, the I saw a video the other day. It was like that. You follow that mini jet page, right? Where the guys that have like the miniature jet boats that like um, do like they do like log jumps. Like, I've I've seen a bunch of those. I don't think I follow them. But. They have like a 12 foot long like Mod V jet boat with an inboard in it. That's like a 250. And this thing like freaking flies. It's like a little rocket oh ship. God. Okay. So this guy put this thing up at the bottom of like this class five rapid and was just like running back up it. And it looked insane from the bank. And I was sitting there thinking like, I've done a lot of those videos where like you look for like from the cockpit or like from the rowers bench. And it's like, holy shit, this is crazy. You know, like I've ran like, I've never ran like class four rapids in my raft before class three rapids in my raft, you know, and it felt like, holy shit, this is wild. What I'm doing right now is crazy. And then you see a video of it from like my drone or wherever. And it's like, Oh my God, that looks so fucking lame. You know, it's like, there's nothing there. (laughs) This thing looked crazy from the bank. So I can't fathom what it looked like from like the driver's seat of this boat. So anyways, I think it was a, I think it was a big con job. I think you screwed me over. I think my boat is a rocket ship and there's no way that you can prove it otherwise. So <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Um, dude, I mean, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to upgrade our thing here. So we are running out of time. I didn't realize we recorded in August. So it's like not okay. It should be good now. Um, 
we're running. We have, it says we have four minutes left. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it was pretty funny though. Um, and you know, I didn't catch that fish on the bed, so that was the other thing. <laughs> we both fished for it. Actually, I think you ended up catching it, like from the boat. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember if I did. I feel or like not, you but... did because I like kind of like was like scouting for you. I don't. I don't I'm surprised that. that bed wasn't just completely ruined by my super fast <laughs> boat when it went by <laughs> 20, 20 to thirty yards it's away. Obliterated it. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Well, I you know as far as like things we got planned, I was you know I was gonna suggest. I know I have the Susky trip coming up, but um, we always do like. Me and you need to carve out like a good like fall overnight trip because we have not done that. Um, we need to we need to do that this year. So I I was I, I've been thinking about going to the Susquehanna with you. Yeah, you should. Father, son, and Chris trip. <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> be... not that, not that trip. The, oh uh, yeah, the one, yeah. You, the one you invited me on. <laughs> oh not, yeah, you should that. definitely come to that. Um, for sure. No, yeah, that would no, be, not... <laughs> hey, trust me, dude. <laughs> I was like, Hey, well, <laughs> just show, just up. show up. Hey guys, what, what's up? You said it was the Isle of what? I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. Isle you should Q? come to that. If you, especially since you're not really doing a ton of fly fishing right now, you know, fish out. I got a, oh. I got a nice kayak for you, dude. You can, you can do it to it. So that would yeah, be fun, I mean... dude. That'd be fun. Plus, I'm gonna pre-fish. Like, I may even go a day earlier than I would have um, if you end up going, because then we could get some more like, you know, wreck wreck time in. So, I wonder what the rule is for pre-fishing from a jet. That would actually be really, probably be really advantageous. I, I, I mean, I may not even fish the tournament. I might just go fish. I mean, you know. Yeah, I Andy not did that when he went with us last time. He didn't. Fish I would just go way upstream or something so yeah you know what's uh cool though we're staying um like this tournament the the boundaries are a lot different like you can't fish through harrisburg on this one so okay which actually might benefit you if you were not fishing the tournament but it's like on the north and west branch i think i can't remember the two branches up there so like the like the house that i'm staying is like up in one of those branches, I think it's in the north. Okay, branch. so it yeah, actually I mean, is like if, a unique thing. I've been thinking about it. I mean, I don't really have like work stuff. Is I'm in a weird spot right now, so I feel like I could probably swing it. So yeah, been thinking about for it. Sure, dude. I, I mean, I'm here's the here's the other thing. Like, I'm very disappointed in the, my last two, like my Travers Bay trip and the Upper Wisconsin trip. I thought. My goal was to be at sixteen twenties, right now, and I've stalled. Yeah, what's out. your what's your count? I'm at twelve still. Ooh, so, that's a tall ass, but eight yeah, for eight, the rest of the year. Eight well, for the rest. Of, I mean, it's definitely doable, your, but it would your, be it's your gonna savior be really is going to be the winner. But this like past year, we only caught. We didn't really start catching them until January. That was like kind of a weird year because remember we fished in December and November quite a bit and just never had yeah, couldn't great find them. trips. Yeah, until which I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, dude, you should you should you should come on that Susky trip because that would actually benefit me a lot too. <laughs> All right, so we had a little blip in our recording, um, but we were kind of talking about the Susky 
potential trip that you're now committed to coming on. You promised me <laughs> off <laughs> air. You said, <laughs> I did not. You said, Josh, I fully committing to going with you. And you, I 100% holding you to that. So, yeah. You're coming with me because I don't want to drive the Susquehanna by myself. It's a long, lonely nine hour drive. Um, it is. It is a very long, lonely drive. But yeah, our boy Harshman won a big tournament, dude. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah, I did see that. And and also, I feel like this needs to be said. What was the boy's name that put up the huge bag of fish on oh White my River? God. Yeah. Um. Tyler. What was his Purdue. name? Yeah. Tyler Purdue. Shout out to Tyler. He's a certified wet boy, dude. So, I don't know him. I don't know if I've ever met him. Yeah, he, well, so he fishes this particular area a lot that you and I used to fish quite a bit, and I would always see him there. And so I got to know him just from fishing next to him there. And uh, I showed up to that same spot after not fishing it for a few years um, because I was kind of, weird situation. We had muddy water upstream. It was kind of the weirdest, honestly, I didn't talk about that. It was kind of the, one of the weirder things I've ever seen on the river. You know, water muddy upstream, clear downstream, and we're talking like five miles apart. It never got muddy downstream. Tell so me weird. how that's possible. I don't know. Well, um, you were like, I don't know. You probably don't want to get into any details about it. No, I, I don't. Guess. But I, whatever, it, it cleared up downstream. You know. But anyways, I I showed up to the tournament, and this is a spot. It's kind of one of those spots, like you know, people are gonna be there. And I got there super early because I was like, I want to be there like before anybody else. So I kind of have like rights to this first area I want to get to. I got there like super early. Like I was on the water by like 530. I sat in my boat mm-hmm. for like an hour without moving. And he, <laughs> co- so Tyler pulls up. I did, dude. I literally sat in my boat for an hour, um, drank coffee, sat in my boat, looked at my <laughs> phone for an hour. Um, did Tyler pulled. Uh, no, <laughs> no, didn't crack <laughs> one off. Um, no, Tyler pulls something. up. It was just me and him at that spot. I was shocked. I was like, I can't mm-hmm. believe we're the only two people here. And we were kind of like, he had a, he got there like, dude, like minutes to spare. He had a massive hangover. <laughs> he's like talking to me. He's like, dude, I got hammerless. I went to bed at like three in the morning. He's like, I can't believe I woke up. Blah blah blah. So anyways, we get up there and that's how I, you know, I know him from that spot. Well, he went and fished, I pretty sure that same spot this past weekend during that tournament and just almost broke the record in August. Yeah, that's, that's a wild. crazy day. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal day. I mean, 90, he put Pickering, 95. Pickering holds the record. Um, I guess his Pickering's was like 98, I think. Still, 95 inches in August, I think, is more impressive to me than 98 inches in <laughs> Pickering, in if you're listening, don't forget what Chris just said. He just <laughs> downplayed your record on White I don't even. I don't even remember who Nathan Pickering is anymore. He's a thing <laughs> of the past. He's a figment actually, of my imagination. I actually ran into him. I was going to lunch in Greenwood, and I was going... Uh, I hired my nephew as an intern. And I was going to meet him for lunch really? at Ale Emporium. And I like okay. pulled around the parking lot 
And like some dude honks at me and I'm thinking like they're honking at me because I was like driving <laughs> shitty or something. And I like turn, <laughs> I get out, turn like, over and I puffed up my chest. And I look over and Pickering he's like in his truck, just like waving at me. <laughs> like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. And it, he's randomly on the South side. He lives up in like Cicero. So it's kind yeah, of does. weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, uh, shout out to Tyler Purdue for putting yeah. up a big bag on um, White River. And um, yeah, I feel like White River, dude, dude, it's, I don't want to like attract a bunch of out of towners because it's not worth coming here if you don't live in Indiana. I will say that. <laughs> not it's not that good. <laughs> no. But dude, it's pretty good. Like it's become over the last probably five years. It's gotten mm. better every year. It's global it warming, is. baby. Well, and it's, that's why I, think I, I yeah. do think it's going to get better. Dude, that's the th- dude, that's the thing. I I do think <laughs> like the south side. I think is going to just get better and better because of global warming. Yeah, because of global warming. <laughs> <laughs> the south side is getting better. We actually had some. I don't want to get too deep into it. We had a little bit of drama in the Indiana smallmouth world. A little bit of a little bit of infighting. Between uh, some fly fishing guys, some kayak guys, some little, little uh, spat. I know, you know, you were on the text thread. I know you know about it. We had some passive aggressive things about guys, you know, not picking up trash that wasn't theirs. Supposedly. Fly guys? Those are fly fishermen? Oh, yeah. Guides. Guides. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not gonna. All I'll say is whatever I had to say to the individual groups, I've already said directly, right? To their, to directly to them. So I'm not gonna like, you know, I'm okay. obviously. I know now. I'm, I'm aware a, of what you're. I'm a kayak. I'm a kayak fisherman. So you know, like. That's I don't. Probably I don't like is, that it's being attributed to fly fishermen because I, that is not. I don't it's pretty typical fly fisherman. Let's not let's not act like it's not. <laughs> I think it's probably more of a guide thing than it is a fly fisherman Maybe. thing. Um yeah. all I'll say is this. I'm typically associated with kayak anglers, but I'm not like, you know, you know, I have jet boats and I just like to fish for smallmouth. I like to catch fish. Like I don't even care what it's on. Live bait, mm-hmm. snagging, you know, whatever. Like I'm all about it. <laughs> Well, uh, a big old weighted treble with some feathers tied to it. You got all, it. All I will say is during this, the reason I brought this up is during this, and it's still ongoing. We have quite a bit of, you know, we got we got to do some healing. I feel like you and I, that's our calling. We need to heal. We need to heal these sides. We need to bring project together. healing. Project healing waters, <laughs> dude. I was trying to. I think, should, I think it's thread, dude, be... I was trying to talk some sense into the boys, and you were just flanning the flames the whole time. I'm like, Chris, no, what are you doing, dude? No, man. <laughs> Look, I, I, I keep it real. What do you want me to do? I'm not gonna. I'm you not gonna keep it real. I'm not gonna. Def- was, I'm not gonna defend the indefensible. Here's all I'm gonna say about this whole thing, regardless of what you think about the people or oh, their message one, one, or their habits. One joke. Hang on. One joke before hey. we go. Instead okay. of Project Healing Waters, we should call ourselves Project Healing Twatters. Hmm? Just a little <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, so oh. all I'll say is this. No matter what you think about, you know, because a lot of these people involved are my boys. So I'm always going to stick by my boys no matter what. Mm. I may disagree with them, but I'm going to stick by them. They're my boys. But 
what I will say about this is like, and I was trying to prove this point in the text or that you so, so like uh, <laughs> blatantly undermined me. I was trying to be the adult in the room. Chris is like, fuck no, this, you know, screw <laughs> those guys. And I'm like, dude, come oh, on. Okay. But, um, but anyways, what I was, all I will say is this, like, that's a confidential he, text thread. I don't, I don't like this being aired out, dude. <laughs> we're not, we're not airing out. Cause you don't know who uh, said what, yeah, but I, I will say true. this. I will say this, like no matter who's thinks what, like we're more powerful when we're together and there mm. small mouth fishing in general is a very small part of the sport. Like we're outnumbered by large mouth guys. We're outnumbered by, you know, the general population. We like, so for us to be able to come together and organize, and I don't mean like organize, like as like, Oh, let's be a louder voice. I mean, obviously that's part of it, but organizing the fact that we can all like play a part in a machine and be able to affect change in on a strategic basis. So like things like lobbying and, you know, things like, you know, policy change and right. organization, not just like educating people on like, Oh, here's the right way to do things. I'm talking about actually proactively doing things to change the status quo. If we're able to come together and do those things, like we're all going to be able to do more as a group than we are going to be just like doing our own thing. And that was my point. I was kind of like, guys, like no matter what you think of them or they think of you or whatever, like if we're able to come together, we're going to be way more effective and we're going to be able to, we're going to be able to make our rivers and our fish and our lakes better for our kids. And that's really the way I think about it right now is like, I'm 38. Like what legacy am I leaving for the next generation? And I think mm -hmm. we'll be able to do that better. If we come together, we, even with guys we may not care for. That's all I'm saying. I don't really dislike anybody. I mean, truthfully, like I just think there's a different. Here's here's my here's my philosophy on this whole situation. Okay, so I do think that there there needs to be some changes to the way that Indiana deals with our natural resources right now. I don't think that we do a very good job, and that's apparent by. Uh, Josh and I, you know, as weird as this sounds like we, because of how much we travel and do this, like we're just exposed to natural resources in other States, probably more than 95% of sportsmen yeah. in Indiana. That's just the truth. Probably more like 99 percentile. I would say, you know, we, we probably see more water in other States than 99% of Indiana fishermen and Indiana sportsmen. And I think that if you look across states like even Tennessee, um, if you look at certainly like Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, you know, there are, it's a night and day. And, and Pennsylvania, I mean, you know, it's, it's a night and day how those organizations that are dedicated to natural resources in those states are providing access to sportsmen, how they're providing resources to sportsmen, how 
you know, they protect, preserve, and make available the natural resources in those states. Okay. Indiana does not do that. Indiana's very, I think we're behind the times in a lot of ways. Very much so. so. I think that for me, I see the opportunity to organize a sportsman as one where we can affect policy, I guess, in some ways, not really policy, but like, but messaging from sportsmen back up, you know, to, to the governing bodies, to the, to the people that, you know, regulate and govern to say, look, we're not really happy with the fact that you guys take in X amount of dollars and only put in, you know, Y amount of dollars back into making this resource available to us. You know, I think that there's a lot of benefit to us organizing for that purpose. I think there's a lot of benefit to us organizing to like essentially take the message of, you know, this is a great resource and we should be protecting it and we should be doing, you know, all we can to promote it. You know, and I think that the more people that we have kind of speaking the same language, the more, the more that message is going to be heard by both other sportsmen and by the people that are in charge of, of regulating and governing. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just more people. And here's what caused me to feel so strongly about the guys that were on the text thread is like, they're the people that care the most. Like, yeah. The I, the Alex Dino's, the Nick Nacrellis, the Josh Cravens, like those guys are the guys that like eat, sleep, and breathe smallmouth fishing, and like those are the guys like I we can't afford to not have in that group, and that's why I was being so like desperate <laughs> sounding. So, but <clears throat> that being said, like yes, there's a lot of benefit to uh, organization. There's also a lot of downside to it. Because, you know, you and I can say something and most people can write it off because we're idiots and they can just say, oh, look, they, you know, they're just two idiots with a podcast. I don't have to listen to them anymore. (laughs) I'm going to turn it off. Or, you know, hey, this guy's making Internet comments. I'm just going to unfollow that guy or just write him off as a bit weird or dick or whatever. The problem with organizing is, you know, that. If it's coming, if it's, if it's the group is speaking, then it makes it look like everyone's in agreement with what's happening. So, you know, I look at like a a organization of fishermen is a very fragile system. Like Ryan Walker does a very good job of it in the Ozarks. It's, It's probably very difficult because there are a lot of weirdos. Like this is a sport of weirdo losers who let's be honest. We all wear like, cell phone holsters and Tevas and we're dorks. So I, I I think it's really hard to like, to sort of keep that group together. Um, But I, I I think that from my perspective, positivity, you know, being positive, uh, not being negative towards other people, you know, keeping, keeping all that in mind of like, you know, the, the best way to go about building an organization like this, in my mind, is to make it something that other people want to be involved with. Make well, it something the, that other I, people want to emulate. I fully agree. The problem is it goes back to that whole statement you made. It's like there's a bunch of weirdos. And, I, you know, we're saying that facetiously, but 
there's a lot of different personalities and you can't control all those personalities. And when somebody, one person is abrasive or they're annoying or they're just not your type of people and they say something like, then that gets associated with, well, well, this is the vibe of the whole group. And that was another thing I was saying. I was like, well, the group's going to be whatever we make it. You know, yeah, there are some people in there we may not care for or that don't have a positive vibe. And it pisses me off, honestly. Like the guy that well, the guy that said something negative, honestly, like there's just no need for it. Like shut the fuck up. Like, I don't even don't need, care about don't that. Need it. What I don't like is like I think that in my mind, and I've said this before on the podcast, I'll say it again. I don't think that there is any value for us as fishermen to comment on a Facebook post and say you're not holding this fish right. Yes. Thank or, you. That's negative. You know, or you're not handling the fish right. Or you're not, do you not care? Or do you not, uh, like, I That's think. That's called that negative reinforcement. It's I proven to not work. I don't think it works at all. We're adults. Like, and first of all, they don't do it to just adults. I've seen people do this to like children who are like excited about fishing, which I think is wild in my mind that you would slap back (laughs) yeah that you would like a correct a fort like you know if you want to influence people i think the best way to do it is to be likable and to put something out there that people want to emulate and like if you want to show people how to correctly handle a fish then take pictures of yourself correctly handling a fish yeah and say something about like educational like oh here's the best way to hold a fish but you don't respond to somebody with a picture a graphic that corrects how they're holding it and so often people do that and it's it's human nature to see someone doing something that you don't agree with or it's cringe worthy or whatever and you just want to you want to say something but like really like you're just not doing yourself any favor the fish any favors unless you go about it super tactfully which you know it's really hard I, to do. I'll That's be honest. Super... I can. I'm one of the few people that can do that, though. I can be maybe, super tactful, but it, maybe, most people can't. Most maybe people you can't can. do it. But it's really hard to do over the internet. It's super it hard to do. Extremely hard to do. It's super yeah. hard to do over the internet. It's super hard to do over over text message, and 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 honestly, it's not worth even trying because no, it, it's it, it's it, really not. You should just the tone keep your mouth is. Shut. The tone is, it's always like the way that you communicate, like the way that we communicate, there's, there's a saying that like 70% of communication is nonverbal. Well, all you have in the internet is black and white print. Like all you have on a text message is black and white print. And and most of you suck at writing, just to be honest. Like most, most people on the internet suck at writing. <laughs> yeah. Most people can't communicate, you know, through, through the written word. And there's a reason that they, you know, don't work in, in a job where they're, required to communicate through written word it's just you're not good at it so don't you know just don't do it because honestly it it turns people off it makes people not want to be involved it makes people hesitant to like engage it's just in my mind it's it's one of the i I just i just don't see how how it's helpful so i i would 100 percent agree with you a little tip out there if you do have, if you can't help it, and you're just like, I have to say something. Something I, it was one of my employees a long time ago told me this, and it actually stuck with me. This is 
gosh, probably 10 years ago. He said, have you ever heard the term a compliment sandwich? Yes. Ever heard that? Yeah. So you start with a compliment. Great fish. You start with a compliment. (laughs) You put your criticism in the middle and you end with a compliment. And that is how you would potentially address something on the internet that you like needed to, like you felt like you had to say something. But most of the time, like you said, it's like people just put stuff out there and they may not even have like, like if they were in person, they, the, their voice inflection might, you know, sort of deter the, the harshness of it, but they are not there to have that voice inflection. Most so. of the time, let's be honest, most of these people are too big of pussies to actually say something in real life. And they wouldn't Probably. do it. They wouldn't do it. But they feel very brave behind the comfort of a screen and a la- and a keyboard. So keyboard they so, so they just say whatever. They go wild, and and I I just it bothers me, and I think it bothers other people it, too. It does. It bothers me too. I I agree. We we can move on. Uh, but I I would like I, to just cut like the last fifteen minutes out of this. <laughs> no, so. I I I like this. I like it's juicy. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's, it's, it's the stuff that are, it, it's not necessarily, you know, like fun to talk about, but it's stuff that needs to be said. I mean, our podcast is 99% like just dumb bullshit and, you know, there's some informative stuff in there, but like, you know, I really do want to make a difference and, you know, that's the thing, regardless of how you do it, like we owe it to the resource to make a difference. We mm. owe it to the resource to make a difference. And if we... If we don't, if we do that by organizing, great. If we do that by just individuals, you know, making a difference, whatever. But like, if you're out there and you're smallmouth fisherman, like you owe it to your river, you owe it to the fish, because you can go out and you can have fun. I was telling, you know, some guys the other day about this. I'm like, hey, you know, we were just talking about White River. White River had a massive fish kill in the '90s. It wiped everything out. I'm like, do you know how that would feel right now if that would happen? Like if like one day we woke up and there was just no smallmouth in White River, like that would suck. Like that would suck bad. And, you know, people like you and me and organizations like potential, you know, new Indiana Smallmouth Alliance or whatever, they're the only ones that stand in the way of that stuff. Because a lot of times like it happens before anybody realizes it. We're, We're the front lines of that stuff. And like, we're the ones that are protecting the resource. And that's what we have an, we have an obligation to do it. And that's why I'm, you know, start the, maybe it's me getting older. I'm just more aware that like, I want to be the difference maker. I want to be the person out doing that stuff. Um, so it's a challenge yeah. to all, all wet boys, wet boy nation. You know, I mean, whether it's the resource. whether it's whatever it is, I th- I do think that you know it doesn't have to be anything big, but I, I think it you know whether it's it's just you and a couple buddies like doing a trip a year where you float down the river and you throw instead of fishing you just pile your raft or your drift boat or your kayak filled with trash. Yeah, you know, and take I mean it that out. that is that is absolutely stuff you can do. You know, I mean, call and report stuff when you see it, you know, you see some like raw sewage running out, you see something weird in the river that shouldn't be like get someone out there, bulldog it until somebody goes out there and investigates it. That's how these things happen, man. People go unchecked for a long I mean, time. 
every time you time. every time you walk in or out of the river, you know, when you're waiting, you know, grab a grab a trash bag of trash and just you know, even if it's underneath a bridge on a public road or whatever, it it is important. I mean, it's important not only because it's good for the river, but it's also good for our relationship with landowners because, you know, yeah. these, uh, we rely like, because Indiana is so bad at providing access, we rely on, on private landowners for access. Like I would say 60% of our 70, 60 to 70% of our access points that we use on a regular basis are based on the goodwill and good faith of private landowners who just let us walk in on their property. And, you know, I've seen it happen multiple times where, you know, uh, a couple months will go by and I haven't been to a spot and I'll come and there's just trash, like just the place is trashed and I'll pick up, you know, a bag or two of trash, but I get complacent and I don't, I don't spend the extra 45 minutes to an hour picking up trash. And then I'll come back a couple months later and the public access point will be shut down. You know, there'll be no trespassing signs. I've seen that happen multiple times. A hundred percent, dude. You know, and the so, pieces of shit leaving the trash when you called out, people are doing that too. You know, see people, you know, doing stuff like that. They need to be called out because that's it's ridiculous, dude. I, I don't I don't know how anybody in good conscience can go and fishing and leave trash. Like just it's crazy to me. Um, but people do it all the time. But so. I would say in general, uh, as a just to to put a bow on that whole thing. I, you know, I, I'm nobody, you don't have to listen to me, but whatever. But I'll just say, I, I think that it is, you know, as anglers and as sportsmen, like it is important that not necessarily that we speak in one voice, but I, I really don't see the, I don't see the value in interacting with, especially other anglers, people that are just getting started in this sport. I don't see any value in being negative uh, you know, uh, preaching at them or even really like trying to teach people through a direct, <laughs> direct communication, because it, it just, it, people will get it on their own. If they really like this stuff, if they really like what we're doing, they really like the sport, which in my opinion, if somebody's posting a picture of a big fish and they just started, they're, they're already hooked. And it's just a matter of a couple few weeks, uh, a couple months where they're going to learn all this stuff on their own and they won't have this bitter taste in their mouth about the community of anglers. You know, it's not going to be, well, I got preached at, so now I'm going to do the right thing. It's going to be more of like a, oh, this is what everybody else is doing. So I should probably do that too, because that must be the right way it's done, you know? So I I just think that we, you know, cut back on the negative bullshit. I don't think it helps anybody. Um, yeah, that's just my, my I agree, man. That's so my hot take. Wrap wrapping up this episode, you won, you committed to going to Susquehanna with me, so we've mm-hmm. already established that you're absolutely right. going. Um two, um we got fall around the corner. Uh so we're we'll probably do we need to have a guest on. We haven't had a good guest on in a while. We need to get a guest on to talk about the fall transition because it dude talk about jesus the the heat my god it was like there for like four days dude it was about as hot as i ever remember it in indiana 
and yep. it was smoking hot. Well, that's usually what happens. You get this like hot into summer, and then it's gonna like I woke up this morning, dude. It was like it's chilly. It felt awesome. Really nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's getting getting towards hoodie weather, getting towards wearing a hoodie, and that excites me because that fall can be a really cool thing. I'm honestly, that's probably my weakest season from a fisherman's standpoint. Yeah. Um fall, I'm you know, good spring, summer and winter, but fall just for whatever reason. But it I I've had enough success during the fall to know that like it can be really good when it's good. As good as spring, you know? Sure. Um so we'll get somebody on here to talk about some fall smallmouth, you know. I don't know who we could have. You know, it'd be good on is uh, have Jeff Little on again because he wasn't on that time. Maybe we'll have him on talk about yeah. that. That'd Actually, be great. a really valuable guy to have on. He's super scientific in his approach. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, man, we um, you know appreciate everybody listening. Um, you know, I don't. Do you got anything new in your box you want to talk about? Any any any? You good do. Stuff? You got some. Your new batteries, dude. Batteries. Oh yeah. Only only thirty-eight year old white men get excited about buying a couple batteries. <laughs> I got two lithiums for my uh jet boat, so I'm pretty pumped. Gonna install those bad boys tomorrow and uh hopefully take them to the Susky. Um Yeah, man. I bought a bunch of stuff. I got some got some really good stuff in preparation for the of course I got my jackhammers. So um, nice. And then try to get preparing for muddy water. Got some thumpers. Mm hmm. It's a hog snatcher, but <laughs> that ain't a bass lure. I don't know what it is. A hog My snatcher. God. They got to cut it out. With, they got to cut it out with the bullshit names. Hog snatcher. A hog snatcher and a whopper plopper. A whopper plopper and hog snatcher and jackhammer and. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we need to come up with some. We need to come. Here's what we need to do. We need to play a game on our next episode where we list real and fake lure names, and yeah. then people have to guess which one's real and which one's fake. On our live episode, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play like real that. or fake. Real R E E L? Huh? Yeah, you could do the same thing with flies too. Oh, the you fly know? names the fly names are even worse. Yeah. I know. So we need to we need to do that. That'll be a fun game. It reminds um, me of the like in the army when so I was in intelligence in the army and like we used to the intelligence analysts got to pick the names of the bad guys. So all the bad guys would have like objective names. It'd be like objective right. blah 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 blah. Okay. So all these like dorky intel guys would get to pick like objective like rainbow flutter balls or some you know some bullshit like that <laughs> and so then all the you know all the sf guys i was with overseas or whatever they'd have to be like oh we just uh we got a jackpot on objective uh fluffy tango balls <laughs> like you know <laughs> it was very funny so eventually the commander was like nah you guys aren't naming them anymore uh, they should just name the objectives after bass lures dude objective hog snatcher <laughs> That'd like be a that. great one. <laughs> I like an objective hog snatcher. Oh, well, I, uh, either way, I plan on snatching some hogs here in nice. the next uh, few days. So you'll be getting a flood of picture 
messages on the phone showing I'll you, be there. Uh, well, no, I'm just gonna going to show up. I have I have two two terrestrials, two invertebrates and two um rodents left to beat small games. So that's all I, I have. Should left, be able so. to do it. I mean, if I can't do it, I mean, Randy literally caught early spring drifting a rat out of the back of his boat. I would think that I can catch two 16-inch fish with a with a rat. So if I can't, shame on me. <laughs> well, but. thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, and as always, free the fighter. Free the fighter. <laughs>